Welcome to episode 48 of Flight Football and anything else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most, not as good as some, Mike. How are you doing? I'm a lot better than I was earlier today when Ruby and I went on our walk. Um, got about halfway, half to two-thirds of the way around the uh, short circuit and Thunder and lightning, <laughs> the way you love me is frightening, you better stop, or no, not you better knock, uh, what, uh, and then anyway, it just started to pour, and Ruby wasn't a big fan of walking in the rain, she's like kind of just tucked in my leg, and I'm like, come on, dog, it's, <laughs> you know, standing here, get, you're going to get wet, or we keep walking, you're going to get wet, it doesn't matter, but we got to go. But uh, so yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one. You could you could I, that was the first time I've heard that many lightning strikes that close to the house in a and, while. And um, I'll tell you what. Um, actually, you probably didn't hear the lightning strikes, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but it's funny you mention that because you know we've always given full disclosure to our listeners, and I'll tell you, uh, one of those blasts of thunder. Yeah, you know, I gave the old. Doctor, I'm on the back of the rail trail and, you know, kind of like, because, I mean, it was, you know, like a yeah. gunshot put off. It scared the shit out of me. No, but, I mean, you could actually, like, it was close enough. You could hear the lightning sizzling through the air and then the boom. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on that one, but, all right, I'll take your word. I didn't, I saw the lightning strikes. I heard the crack of the thunder, and, like I say, that one was just amazingly loud. Yeah. Um, and then you could see when Ruby wasn't a fan of it either because her tail went between her legs. Like, what's going on here? Um, but we made it safe yep. and sound. Got our uh, short circuit in. We did our yep. the long one yesterday. And, nice. Um, um, yeah, what do you got? I'm pre-potting here with a little uh, Mary Monkey from Victory. No, that's – It's a holiday – uh, Belgian style ale with cranberry, orange peel, and cinnamon and nutmeg. It's a ten percenter, and I, I feel very festive. And this is courtesy of uh, <laughs> my, uh, you know, long time listener of the pod, uh, Larry. His daughter Allison picked these up, um, but there was okay. only one of them. That's why I didn't share it for us because it, was, it would be tough to share one bottle. So yeah, whatever. I, I see how you feel now, Mike. Hey, uh, that's odd that you say you said Mary Monkey. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, that segues really nicely into our first tasting. So we've got um, a full pint. It's called Live Transmission from Flying Monkeys Craft Breweries in Barrie, Ontario. Uh, from Barrie, Ontario. So this is um, tonight's theme is is flavor. So there's a lot of stuff in these beers. Uh, let me read the can here. Wired Live. Brewed with orange peel, grapefruit, and a soft coconut white tea, this IPA surges with amplified fruits dry hopped with citra, Idaho 7, and mosaic hops. Wired more like, the, more, wired more like an IPA, the lactose adds creamy carbonation in a plush, refreshing brew. All right. Comes to us, and this comes to us at 6.3% alcohol and 60, 60 IBUs. All right. Let's crack this open. Okay. 
I was expecting a darker color for a milkshake. But it's not a it's not a stout or a porter, but I'm thinking with the orange and the um the white tea and coconut grapefruit. So this is this is looking hazy like a New England. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Good, good citrus. Did you say? Did you say coconut? Because I don't taste yeah. coconut. What I was expecting to hit me in the teeth with was the coconut. No, see, it's very, very, very faint. Yeah, which is good. Which I'm happy with because I'm not a fan of the coconut. Mm -mm. Um. Well, you know, hey, the NFL is king, Dave. Let's start off with the NFL. Let's do it. Uh, what do you got, champ? Off, uh, started off with. Oh yeah. So speaking of champ, the champ is the champ is taking a standing eight count right now because my fantasy football team to say it's falling, fading fast is to give myself way too much credit because there may already be a couple nails in the coffin. I, I mean, I this I had a week where I could have gained some ground and my team just dribbled piss down its leg as it's done for ten straight <laughs> weeks. But hey, I'm the nobody can take away last year's championship and. That's what I'm sticking with, Dave. There you go. Um, but uh, it started off Thursday night football. The Colts went into Tennessee, and the Colts kind of own the Titans. I think the Titans are the better team, but the Colts just took it to them. And uh, my public enemy, number one, Phillip Rivers, on the first pass of the game, uh, leapfrogged Dan Marino to go into fifth on the all-time passing yardage list. And I, I saw uh, that. I'll get to that in, in a second because i got a question I want to ask, ask you. Yep. Uh, and the Bills just took a, the lead on the Cardinals. Josh Allen's a stud. Um, yeah, that your Lions uh, walk off win against the Red, so Red Sox? <laughs> Jesus. Boy, this, this IPA's hitting me hard here, Dave. Um, uh, against the – hell, I wanted to call them the Red – I call them the Redskins. Let's start over here. <laughs> I called them the Red Sox, wanted to call them the Redskins, and they're neither. They're the, the Washington football team. So uh, Matt Prater just drills a 59-yarder as time expires to uh, walk off for the Lions. Um, Brady rebounded nicely and beat the Panthers rather handily, 300 and some yards and three touchdowns after a abysmal performance last Sunday when we were recording the uh, episode 47 of Flights Football and anything else. Did you hear the record and, uh, he set? No. He passed Jerry Rice for the all-time oh, points yeah. getter for uh, fantasy football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was actually going to mention that, Nick, because that's not – that's that's Sorry. That, no, that, it's not really a record record, but uh, he actually is – with ESPN's – Standard scoring system, Brady now is the highest scoring fantasy player of all time. But, yeah, um, but yeah, they were terrible last Sunday. So, he's kind of – on a weekly basis, he goes from, like, it started in week one against the Saints where he was looked over the hill and lost. And then he became the GOAT the next week. And then he goes to over the hill and lost. And then he's the GOAT again. And it's just <laughs> – 
So it's an up and down year, but it's a crazy NFL year. Uh, Packers hung on to beat the Jags 24 to 20. A feisty group of Jaguars came in to agree. That's one of those games that, you know, no fans at Lambeau Field. The Packers probably knew they were going to beat them. Couldn't get up for the game, you know, whatever. But, hey, hats off to the Jags. The Jags played tough, actually had a chance to win it, but then took consecutive sacks and uh, ran, you know, the game ended. And then the I thought the best game of the day. And what do you think about this? All right, the Browns beat the – first of all, the game was delayed half hour by hail. They ended up winning the game. The, the, the point spread opened up at two and a half. The Browns were a two-and-a-half point home favorite. Yep. And then it ballooned all the way up to four, four-and-a-half, depending on where you did your shopping. All right, so you might say, all right, 10-7, hey, Texans covered. What's the big deal? Who cares? Sounds like a boring game, right? Well, you would think, but with a minute and seven seconds to go in the game, Mayfield gives the ball to Nick Chubb, whose first game back, he'd already scored a touchdown earlier in the game, and it's his first game back since, like, let's say week four. And um, just a routine play gets around the edge. Houston's going all out trying to strip balls and whatnot for the stop because they got to get the ball back. Right. Chubb gets to the edge, not a soul in sight. He's at the 30, <laughs> the 25, the 20, the 50, the 10, the 5, the 4, the 3, the 2. <laughs> Left turn out of bounds. Now, you might say, well, wait a second. You just said that uh, – um, Devontae Freeman, not Devontae Freeman, uh, Todd Gurley cost the Falcons <clears throat> against the line. Totally different scenario. Ten right, seven. right. If Chubb scores at 16-7 extra point, I mean, if, if the Browns can't protect a 17-7 lead with 50 seconds to go, they shouldn't be in the NFL. Not to mention all the fantasy owners that had them, but how would you have liked to have had three mortgage payments on the Browns today minus four? And Nick Chubb puts his blinker on left and goes out of bounds at the one and right. a half yard line. Because in the next play, they snapped it, took a knee, game over. <clears throat> and, you know, they're given four, four and a half. And, and like I say, not to mention all those fan, how many fantasy owners are going to lose by five and a half or fewer points that have oh, yeah. in the lineup. And it, now that would be, that doesn't bother me as much is the betting aspect of it. Cause like now, all right. Cause now let's all of a sudden I want the FBI to do vast market research on Nick Chubb's banking account because he didn't yeah. hurt his, he didn't hurt his team, but his team won the game. Right. 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 But you know, maybe, uh, maybe Guido <laughs> down in uh, um, Greek town, Greek town there says, Hey Nick, you know, we know where you live. Um, we've got the Texans plus four. You know, you better make this happen. You know, so come on. Because that, that's – and I'm not being hypocritical on the – girl because the girly situation against Lions was totally different than this situation. Because they would have went up 17-7 with 50 seconds to go in the game. They weren't losing that game. Right. You know, so – I, you know – a yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it was, it's, it was, it was, uh, they'll be talking about it for a couple days. Now, um, and then you, our loyal listeners who maybe aren't football fans are saying, oh, geez, what, has he really given up on the Bears? Well, no, I haven't given up on the Bears. They, they won't lose till tomorrow night, though, because they play <laughs> at home against the Vikings. Now, 
Matt Nagy has given up his play calling duties to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. Laser, Lazor, L-A-Z-O-R, Laser. Sure. Um, all right, so that's, that's problem one solved. I don't know what they're going to do about that offensive line. That absolutely just stinks. Um, and then uh, it, it, what's really frustrating about the Bears is their defense and special teams, which is hard to believe that for a Bear fan saying special teams because they've normally had some struggles on that end. They're Super Bowl ready two-thirds of the way through. But their right. offense is – their yeah. offense is so – you can watch any game – on Sunday, and teams just move up and down the field at will while the Bears struggle for every single yard. So um, Yeah, and when we get to it, when we get to the college football segment, I mean, I'll just echo what you're saying about the Bears about Michigan State. All right. Um, and hey, before we rate this beer, that, I said <clears> I'd get to Phillip Rivers in a second. Yeah. Here's on your take. I got two players. I'm going to shoot some numbers at you here. Yep. And I know both of them will be. I want to know what you what your thoughts are on on it. All right, Philip Rivers has played 15 years. I know a lot of listeners out there are saying, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second, Mike, he's actually been in the league 17 years." Well, in 2004 and 2005, he played two games each year, didn't start either game, threw 30 passes, completed 17 of them for 148 yards and one touchdown. So I'm not going to count those two years. All right. But in 15 years, he has started every game. Like I, like I said, he, he's, all, he's now in fifth place on the all-time passing yardage list with six, 61,666. And um, DeAndre Hopkins with the touchdown, eh? Hey, as long as you interrupted yourself, I'm going to interrupt you. There was somebody on the NFL challenge that was uh, – that was had, well, they were in the money for the million. They had the 30 points going because the Rams were up by 10. And the Seahawks place kicker had one that was pushed. It looked like it was going out. And then somehow, some way, this ball curves back in and grazes the inside of the uprights. So now they're uh, <clears throat> – the point well, spread, I, if, if you go on the app, the point spread is 8 to – was it 8 to 12, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now, so now the Seahawks are up or uh, down seven. So now he's now this person just watched that ball go from going out, and he was still in the million to now it might only be ten thousand dollars. It will be because all all the Rams are going to do is kneel on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I wasn't even looking at that game. I was looking at DeAndre Hopkins caught a touchdown pass. So I got a few points for my fantasy team, even though it's. It's like putting lipstick on a pig at this point. But anyway, so Philip Rivers, 61,666 <clears throat> yards, fifth all-time, uh, 408 touchdown passes, which is sixth all-time. He's thrown 205 interceptions, which isn't even the top 20. And he's got a 134 and 110 record, and he's five and six in the postseason. So now player number two, Frank Gore, been in the league 16 years. He's got, he has 15,733 rushing yards, and he's third all-time behind Emmett and Sweetness. Yep. He has 79 touchdown, rushing touchdowns. One more will get him tied for 20th place. So he's in – I think he's actually in 25th because there's a number of guys tied at, 
80 touchdowns. And then he's got 39-44 receiving yards and 18 touchdowns, which brings his total touchdowns to 97, which is good for 25th all time. Now, yeah, I think – I got both, all that. I think both of these guys are going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. In my opinion, even though when, some, when somebody is only behind two guys to ever do it, I don't think either one of these guys belong in the Hall of Fame. Even though they're both going to be there, and you could argue, geez, Mike, what are you talking about? Emmett Smith and Walter Payton and Frank Gore. How could you keep Frank Gore out of the Hall of Fame? He's played a long time, and he was a good player. I think, I think Hall of Fames in all sports are oversaturated. And just because you – hey, it's not the, hey, you played a long time and you were pretty good, you're a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famers are supposed to be the greats. I mean, because Frank Gore is not Walter Payton. No. He's not Barry Sanders. He's no. not Jim – he's got more rushing yards than those guys. Yeah. Well, he doesn't more, – not more than Payton. He's 900 behind Payton, so who, if he plays another two or three years, he'll probably pass. He'll never catch Emmett, but um, – and he played on some decent teams. Rivers, um, he's going to get in 61,000 yards and 400 touchdowns, but he, I, I, I personally don't think they're Hall of Famers. What, what's your take? Do you think numbers get you in, numbers, numbers alone, or what's your take on Hall of Fame? Uh, getting this question right now, my initial reaction is – you know, do does a person because of their longevity? This is what you're asking. Does a person just because of longevity should they make it into the Hall of Fame? Um, maybe what you're thinking is is what they should do is go um, yards per year, or do you know what I mean? Kind of break it down a little bit more specifically because you're just you're saying like okay this guy's been in the league he's a good player but you know if he just goes long enough you know you get the numbers to get into the hall of fame right so uh, but but if it, if it was just the a hall of fame is the great the hall of fame should be the but what makes some, the what makes somebody great uh eye dropping eye popping jaw dropping stuff not workman like effort frank gore from all indications frank gore is an excellent locker room guy he comes to work every day busts his balls and leads by example yeah that, that doesn't then you know you know that line of thinking then i mean there are a lot of guys that are hall of famers um and i'm not i'm not bashing because like i said right, they're, right, both right. Gonna, they're both gonna get in right. i just don't think they should be in right so, like, if somebody like um, like a Barry Sanders had, you know, because he, he left the league a little bit early, had, you know, the same number of yards as, like you said, the blue-collar running back that's been in the league for, you know, 12 years, but because his moves were just eye-popping, just nobody else could do it like Barry Sanders – you know, you know, does Barry Sanders get into the Hall of Fame and not the guy that has the same number of yards? I don't know. I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to have, 
Like, if you rush for so many yards and you're still, like, standing vertical, you know, right. and you're not in a wheelchair, I mean – Oh, I'm, I'm definitely in the minority in this group. Most people are going to – and if you, if you put a gun to my head and said, hey, Mike, one of those two is going in the Hall of Fame, I like Frank Gore better. Yeah. But I would go with Phillip Rivers over Frank Gore. It, because I'll tell you right now, now obviously our listeners would get it right now because we've told them the answer. If we put a trivia question out there and said, <clears throat> without Googling it, we, got, we trust you, you're on your honor. Without Googling it, text us the top four NFL rushers of all time. I would be stunned if any of them had Frank Gore in the list. Zero, zero people would have him I mean, they in the would, list. They, they'd probably say OJ. They would say um, Jim Brown. They would say Walter yep. Payton. They would say Emmett Smith. They'd say Barry Sanders. I, I don't and, – and, and that's what a Hall of Famer is. Like, because even people – Gail Sayers only played in the NFL for six years, but what he did in those six years, everybody's like, holy fuck, this guy is good. Right. You know, Frank Gore is just like – yeah, you know, good. A, a work, you know, a work, pay, uh, a lunch pail guy is what we call him in the business. Right. Um. All right, hey. All right. So hey, um, interested to hear if anybody what anybody agrees or disagrees with me on. I don't think either would be in. If I had to vote for one, I would put Rivers in before Gore. I don't think either should be in, <clears throat> and I know I'm in the minority on that. And very yeah. quickly, um, Larry, I apologize, but we got a. a busy slate ahead of us in segment two and three so i'm going to get your favorite section uh segment out of the way real quick um the flights the first ever flights football and anything else fantasy football league heading into week 10 i was leading with 340 henry had 324 josh 318 and uh dave dave a little bit behind that um but after week 10's all said and done i'm probably going to go from first to third because i just had DeAndre Hopkins score, and I had three bye weeks, and David Johnson out on injury. Henry has Russell Wilson, who didn't do much, so Henry might do a zero. And uh, Josh, hats off to Josh. Josh may leapfrog into the lead heading into week 11 because Kyler Murray had three touchdowns. Juju had a touchdown. Evans had a touchdown. And Kyler Murray, I think, had three touchdowns. No, uh, two rushing yeah, three or four touchdowns. So, yeah, so Josh is probably going to be in the lead heading into week 11. And, Dave, you've got Jackson tonight, and Michael Thomas didn't do anything. So, you have four points with Jackson tonight. But uh, Wow. So, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, battle to the uh, finish here in the first ever flights, football, and anything else, fantasy football league. Larry, I'll, I'll stretch that into a longer segment for you next week, Larry. But, like I said, we're pretty booked in the segment two and three. All right, Dave. Talk to me. What do you got for live transmissions? Tr transmission. Transmission. Great flavor. Uh, it's one of those that kind of it hits you at first. There's something kind of unique about it, uh, but then you start getting towards the middle to the bottom of the pint, and uh, it is something that you could, at least I can, I could drink a couple, several of these. Uh, really like the flavor. I'm going to put it at – Hmm, I'm gonna. Who do I go into the four range? I'm gonna put it at. I'm gonna put it at three point nine five. All right, you got three nine five. 
I'm going to start the program off with a bang. I will go because 393 equalizer was my favorite last week, and that was 393. And this is better than anything we've had last week. So I will go 4.00. He hit the 4.0. All right. All right. Anyway, Mike, yep. Uh, that was a good one, and the untapped rating uh, was a little under what we thought, 3.76. Now, with the Canadian beers, I guess if we can call this a Canadian beer, it's not a Molson or a, or a Labatt's or anything like that, but um, they tend to have really high check-ins, which is not surprising. 22,000 check-ins on this one on live transmission from Flying Monkeys Craft Breweries. And so, uh, you know, the more check-ins you have, I would think it would tend to bring it down as opposed to bring it up. I don't know. Oh, that's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like, your, you know, your batting average. Like, you know, first, hit, first at-bat of the year, you get a single, you're batting 1,000. The more at-bats you get, the lower your batting average is going to be. Right. So this next one, we've got Kokomo, and that's K-O-K-O-M-O, -O, Pina Colada Smoothie from Midland Brewing Company in Midland, Michigan. It's coming in at 6.5% and 31 IBUs. And before we crack this open, Dave, grab yeah. your sunglasses, beach towel, and swimsuit because it's time to soak up some sun. Wrap your hand around a can and hang five on waves of coconut, pineapple, Tahoma, and Matuka hops as they crash onto the shores of your glass. This is our idea of a beach party in a can. And I believe this is the first ever Motuka hops that we've sampled. I think I'm, so. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think you are. I think you did excellent. Thank you. Yeah. That was, as you were going over the other information, I did yeah. one quick ad read. Hollywood, <laughs> I'm ready for you, baby. <laughs> I think you are. Let's get this one started. Ooh, this one's even, uh, even a little lighter. Yep, lighter than the first one. I'm going to guess this is like, there's a lot of pineapple in here. I, I'm hoping more pineapple than coconut, but we'll see. I'm smelling a lot of pineapple. Yep, I, yeah, I don't smell the coconut, which is a good thing. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> a much more coconut finish. A much more coconut finish than the first one, though. Not overpowering to where I can't finish it. <laughs> Who's kidding? Who I'd have finished it anyway? Right. No, that's. Uh, you can, there is more coconut in this one than, than in the first one. That's got enough. That's got enough pineapple in it, though, to almost. Offset not, it. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah, to offset it. But I'm almost like, it's uh, it's it's light enough. I'm not going to call it wine cooler-ish. Oh, no, it's not wine cooler, but we're on the same page in that because I was going to say, uh, let, let's say it's July. You're out cutting the grass. It's 96 degrees. I think this one has more refreshability than our first one did. I think our first one would have hit you like, oh, this is a little too sweet for 94 yep. degrees cutting grass. This one may actually hit the spot while you're cutting grass. Yeah. Probably not 14 of them as I'm prone to do, but. <laughs> no, but that's a perfect analogy. Um, all right. Hey, uh, we did this and uh, we're on 48 now. 
We did this in 46 and for some reason skipped it in 47. Uh, kind of uh, our version of uh, the old Saturday Night Live skit, point counterpoint. Um, we can call it anything you want, story, no story, uh, agree, disagree, point, counterpoint, whatever you want to call it. But I got a, uh, one, two, three, four, five things that happened since we last met. All right. We, we can talk for hours or like even the first one could probably be summed up in a yes, no answer. All right. Um, Give it DeAndre to me. Hopkins, uh -huh. my fantasy wide receiver in uh, a big money league and in the flight football fantasy league who caught a touchdown pass at the end of the game for the Cardinals to win the game. He thinks wide receivers should get credit for pass interference yardage. Agree or disagree? Cause last week, he, last week he had three catches for 30 yards, uh -huh. but drew four pass interference penalties, which got the Cardinals like 54 yards. Just disagree. That's a that's a carte blanche like no because some of those some of those pass interference calls are BS. Now that I that I'll agree with you, but I will disagree. I agree with DeAndre, and I disagree with you because he's that good. He had one of the best cover corners on him last week, and he drew four fucking penalties. Yeah. If, if, if he's going against Joe Schmo, that guy probably maybe has two interceptions much less 40 yards and penalties. And everybody's going to say, well, well, does the quarterback get the yardage? Well, I guess if you're going to give receiving yards, you got to give passing yards just like you do on a regular pass play. So um, I agree with DeAndre, disagree with you, Dave. So um, DeAndre and I are right. All right, second, <laughs> second take. Um, I own you, Coach. I, I guess, quite frankly, I didn't know he was coaching Ionia. Rick Pitino calls for hoop season to be pushed back, currently slated to start within the next two weeks. Right. Um, and end with not March Madness, but May Madness due to the current spike in the old Corona Bros. Right. Um, here's why I agree with that. Because of, like, what's happening with football, you know, football might end up uh, re-establishing uh, uh, re the playoffs later, right, in the spring possibly. And college football slated for segment three, so. We'll so, <clears throat> right, well, I'm telling you, like, high school football. So, um, you know, why start a season or why try to start it when you think it's going to get shut down anyway and have the kids and the teams, you know, getting ready, play a game, shut down, maybe get shut down, you know, just when, when you know you're going to have the season, start it, continue it, and then you have some continuity to the entire season instead of this stop, start, stop, start stuff. All right. Um, I agree with you. The only thing that I will put up in the air is it sounds like Mr. Patino wants to start it, say, January, push it back to – so, really, j just like here in Michigan, I didn't take the time to watch it because, <laughs> fuck, man, there was football. I got more important things to watch than the, some silly bitch's speech. So, um Three weeks. All right, everything's shut down again for three weeks. What is the magic number about three weeks? So, I mean, basically, oh, yeah. it, it, 
if you're going to, if you're going to say, Hey, Mike, gun to your head, pick a side. I agree. Let's push it back. If you, if you start at mid January and you, you have to have a May, uh, a May slash early June madness. So be it. Who cares? The seasons are off. Hell, the seasons are off. Anyway, hell, I was cutting my grass on November 12th. I mean, it, right. it used to be, I was done cutting my grass on October 1st. So, um, but, but but who who's to say it's going to be any different in January? I mean, there's no, fucking going to be different. So I mean, so then, uh, then apparently then let's never play. Let's never well, play. The, yeah, I mean, I, I, the the magic number about three weeks is they're going to see they're going to reassess in three weeks and see what's going on. That's it's just it, it and politically it's better than saying you know we're shut down until January first because then you would have people storming the Capitol with AKs and you know. Um, setting roadside bombs and doing stuff like that because they're that crazy. Um, so three weeks is a, is a good, you know, let's see what happens and we'll reassess at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I lost my train of thought now that I was going in there in that direction, but I, I think that's, at least that's my explanation of the three weeks. I got and all right and like I say so we both agree. I, I have no problem because quite frankly I don't watch college basketball until the NFL is over anyway. Right. So you know if they start the season mid January, you know yeah. football would almost be over and I could start watching college basketball and maybe I'd do better in my May Madness fix than I would in my March Madness fix. You know, and and as far as high school basketball is concerned or college basketball, I mean, if they if they did. You know, if college basketball did ten fewer games and high school basketball did five fewer games, would it would it really kill the sport? Uh, not in high school. College is costing a lot of money. Well, the money the money aspect, sure, 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 absolutely. Um, all right. So we we disagree with the first story. We uh, kind of agree on the second story. Um, the third one, I, I don't think there's really anything to agree or disagree on, but I am just unbelievably impressed with myself let me pat myself on the back Dave all right in this past week this is this is almost like Ripley's believe it or not and I don't know if anybody would have caught this other than the champ and I'm just so impressed with myself and after the story's done everyone's like what is that fucking idiot talking about? That was stupid. Eh, probably so, but I fucking enjoyed it. And that's all that counts. Um, anyway, the Marlins named Kim N.G. And I'm like, geez, I'm not real good with um, Asian pronunciations. So I, was, I looked, at, looked it up and, it, and it's pronounced A-N-G. And I'm like, well, that still really doesn't help me. So... A-N-G is Aang? Sure. <clears throat> yep. But so the Marlins named Kim Aang, the first woman and the first Asian American general manager in baseball. Now, um, we'll see what kind of, uh, what she can do, but fuck, she's been around the game. I mean, she's been, she started in the major leagues in 1990 as an intern with the White Sox, played a role um, in a couple of Yankees World Series teams in the, in the 90s. So, I mean, so, you know, so it sounds like she has yeah. a baseball knowledge. Sure. Also this week, the Angels hire 
and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but then I will tell you um, what makes me so proud of this story. The Angels <laughs> hires current assistant general manager of the Braves as their general manager, Perry Maniason. Okay. Maniason is spelled M I N. A S I A N. <laughs> so the last five letters of his name spell Asian the same week that an Asian woman was hired as a GM from another team. That is now, there's crazy. No could, there's no way that could happen. <laughs> that is, there's no way that could happen there's no way anybody could even notice that but that there's is, no way there's no way right. anybody so, else and it's a great it's a great hire that the bringing women into the, she's the first of the four major sports that's great thumbs up i'm sure the marlins and Derek jeter and uh, kim eng will go on to win 56 world series titles in a row but <laughs> what are the odds that the first asian and Perry Maniason, who has A-S-I-A-N in his last name, are hired in the exact same way. This fucking astronomical odds, Dave. What's more astronomical is that, well, it's not astronomical. We knew that you would pick some, you would find that correlation. It, you'll, you are the first in any media to I come up with that I connection. It, it, I know I am. That's what I would, that's why I patted myself on the back before the story, but Hey, so best of luck to both of them. And, and wouldn't it be ironic if in the 2021 World Series, the Marlins beat the Angels? I'm telling you what, if this comes out next week, if somebody comes out with this next week, obviously this will get posted tonight. We've got proof that you were the first one to make that connection. Thank you. And then, you know, and then, and then it's like, it, it, it's almost like uh, if it's the Marlins and the Angels, it will almost be like North Korea, South Korea in the World Series. That's how volatile this could be. <laughs> All right. Um, next story. What, what's your take on it? All right. Minnesota Golden Gophers are at home Saturday night. Yeah. Trailing 35 to nothing. Row the boat. They have the ball on Iowa's four-yard line with 20 seconds left to go in the game. And P.J. Fleck calls a timeout. So how does Kurt Ferentz respond? He called all three of his timeouts. <laughs> and, I, I, I mean, I guess the indirect last laugh, or the second to last last laugh would be by Fleck because he did break the shutout and score from the four-yard line, 35-7. But ultimately, Ferentz gets the last laugh by winning for the sixth straight year the Floyd of Rosedale Trophy, which, by the way, is a pick. And uh, Iowa beat Minnesota 35-7. So, if you're P.J. Fleck, do you call a timeout to break the shutout? And do you have any problem with Kurt Ferentz saying, hey, you stupid fuck, if you're going to call your timeouts, then I'm calling my timeouts too. I mean, keep in mind, it's Minnesota plays outside at their high school, at their high school field, at their college field. Right. And on Saturday night, it was like mid, mid 20s <laughs> to mid 30s. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
if I'm on the four and I at least want to give my kids some something to feel good about instead of getting shut out, and I've got a kid that is in the wrong place, if, if, if I'm running a play and somebody is absolutely, if this play cannot possibly go off because somebody's in the wrong place, yeah, I'm going to call a timeout. Now, if everybody gets set up, I got the right people on there, everything looks good, you know, yeah, no, I'm not going to call a timeout. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it roll and see what happens. But if his reason for calling the timeout is because, you know, one of his players was absolutely going to get pancaked or it was in the wrong place or is – I don't know what the play was, but um, if it was just – if you knew it was – if it was going to go bad, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd call a timeout so I could get the – I could get the six points. And, and, and I agree with that 100% because I don't want to get shut out. And I don't – getting the shutout's a big deal, especially in today's football. I mean, it, you know, it's an offensive game. And when your defensive unit can get a shutout, so it, it, like you said, to, to have your kids, you never want to quit. I have no problem calling the timeout. But I also like the spite factor of like, hey, fuck you, asshole. I freeze my balls off over here. I've been coaching for 20 years, and you're fucking going to call a timeout. Fuck you. I'll call all three of my timeouts. So I have no problem with Kurt's parents. It's, like, it's kind of like the Seinfeld episode of like, um, what are you returning this for? Spite? You can't return an item for spite. It's like, all right, I don't like it. Well, you said spite. So. What? I, so I have no problem with that. I, I think both coaches acted, you know, because. What was the handshake like? They they didn't say that. And, I, hey, in COVID age, they probably all just kind of like waved as they walked off the field. But Right. So hats off to Fleck because you never want to show you quit on your team. Right. And hats off to fans for saying, hey, you know, all right, if breaking our shutout is that big of a deal to you, fuck you, we're going to take our pig home for the sixth straight year. <laughs> all right now probably the, the most interesting one and if i ever get our flights football and anything else uh web internet address up and running i would have posted the picture of this because i i do vaguely remember this play but mac williamson is suing oracle park home of the san francisco giants for injuries sustained, tripping over the bullpen mound and hitting his head on the wall while chasing a Bryce Harper foul ball. Now, two and a half, this is two and a half years ago. And two and a half years later, he still suffers the effects of the con concussion that he says cost him his major league career, which, uh, by the way, Mac Williamson was a third round pick of the Giants. So, do you think he has a case or not a case? I don't think he has a case. I think it was, I think it's one of the hazards of your sport and I, I don't think it'll, it'll, I don't think it'll go to the distance. I don't think he'll win it. I agree with that. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't feel bad for the guy. I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't wish, you know, to, to have to suffer for two and a half years with uh, dizziness, blurred vision, headaches. Um, because it's an awkward fall. He, he's running after the foul ball, and then he kind of goes, and the, the mound at Oracle Park was in 
well, not in fair territory, but it was in the field of play. Right. As he went up the mound, because he's looking at the ball, he lost his footing and then kind of landed headfirst into the wall. And even Bryce Harper at the plate kind of gives the old, yes. And, you know, it, it was kind of like almost a blooper until right. you realize the guy got hurt. And it's too bad that he got hurt. But, I mean, he had played there before. It, it's not like, it's not like a sprinkler system came up, Popped up. Yeah. and then all of a sudden he tripped it and landed right in his throat and broke every bone in his face. Because then you could argue, well, geez, why was the sprinkler system popping up in the middle of the game? Right. I mean, the mound was there. I mean, you know, so yeah, I I too agree that. But, I, you know, I guess somebody told him, hey, you know, it's worth a shot. Maybe the maybe the Giants will settle out of court for three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> You know, um, right. <laughs> but hey, so little, right. uh, you know, a few interesting stories for point counterpoint. So yeah, the natural segue to that is this day in sports. Um, November fifteenth, nineteen forty-six. Ted Williams, the splendid splinter, was named the AL MVP. In the following year, and I only bring this up, uh, Donald Bradman scores his 100th, 100-172 versus the Indians at the SCG. No idea where the SCG is. But the only reason I bring this up is Donald Bradman is in almost, it seems like he's in every, his picture, I remember seeing him, he's in every other this day in sports. He, this guy must have been – I'm going to have to look him up because he's in here regularly. What sport is it? Cricket. Oh, yeah. Donald, yeah, everybody knows Bredman was the – Bredman was the Bredman of cricket. <laughs> um, my second think, one yeah, – Never mind. Well, I was going to say, do you think cricket – you think cricket will ever come to the States? No. Yeah. Not enough room for it. I it, are they on horses for cricket or no? No, that's polo. Polo, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Cricket's the one where they got the big flat wooden bats. And they so got kind of the... like croquet that we play in the bat. Uh, yes and no. It's kind of more like baseball slash croquet, sort of, kind of, not really. But the problem is, is they're trying to – they're changing the game, kind of like soccer tried to change it a little while back, because the original game of cricket, it would go days, like multiple days. And there's tons of scoring, but just they can't get people in the, you know, like in Europe or, I mean, Europe a little bit, but like, you know, Canada, the States, they can't get uh, the Asian, well, some of the Northern Asian countries to take on cricket, especially the United States. It's a big market. So they're trying to shorten the game and make it quicker and make it more exciting. Uh, but I still don't think it'll, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. No, there's too much else going on. When that happens, um, it'll be professional badminton. Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that would be much more exciting. Um, <laughs> and then my only other this day in sports, and I'll explain my trend when we get to segment three. Um, the champ was two months, three days old, but November 15th, 1967, Carl Yastrzemski wins the AL MVP award. So 21 years apart, Red Sox players win the MVP. 
Well, that was kind of that was kind of cool having that in the uh, in this segment. Hey, I'll, I'll do you one better because he was a Spartan. 1988. All right, so we're talking what 12, uh, 32 years. Yes, sir. Dodgers outfielder Kurt Gibson wins NL MVP award. Um, that was the year he beat Eckersley in the World Series. Now, that wouldn't have had anything to do with the MVP award, right? Because that was the 88 right. World Series, right? Right. That was, the, that was the summer I graduated from high school. Yeah, I was, I was three years into college. Um, speaking of which, hopefully, you know, two things here, totally unrelated. Unlike a canned beer, I have a little bit of sediment. In the old um, Coca really? Cola, I have zero. So hopefully, nobody from the Midland Brewing Company fucking nodded in that bad boy. But hey, tastes good, so fuck it. Yeah, I've got nothing. Maybe it was some leftover from uh, from your washing machine or something. That could be. Um, but anyway, now. What about the uh, teacher at Saginaw Valley? Kicked all his students out, barricaded himself into the room. They got him out of the room. Next day, he killed himself. So if that's the way you're going to take hostages, which he really never took hostages, I give a big thumbs up to doing it that way. There ain't no use making everybody pay for your misery. Uh, in a morbid way, I'll, I will, I'll agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I uh, know the, the official re, the official report is he snapped. Yeah, he snapped, but at least he did, he he told it he got everybody out of there, barricaded himself in the room alone. Correct. Right. Correct. They got him out of there. You know, why they sent him home? Now that's a little why he wouldn't have been taken into custody at that point and at least observed. That's a little different. But then he went home and killed himself. So hey. Oh, I thought he. I thought it was at. I thought. I, my impression was it was at SVSU that he did it. I thought it was the next day. It was. He barricaded himself in his office at SVSU and wouldn't. They couldn't get him out. They oh, brought his. Yeah, they, and then even better. Thumbs up. Even better. Yeah, because the other way is, the system kind of almost failed him. The the way I thought it was. But yeah, he killed himself in his room. Like, hey, must not have been that good a teacher. <laughs> God, Mike. Oh, come on. That's just silly. But, hey, at least he didn't take anybody down with him. He said, hey, this is I, – I just can't handle it. Yeah. This, this COVID thing got me running ragged and kid and everybody, all his kids, all his kids are like, oh, fucking hey, you got to go to school. See ya. All right. What, what do you think about uh, Kokomo Pina Colada smoothie? Oh. God, can it – I, I I I almost feel as if I'll be too liberal with the Ford. I'm like throwing around Fords like they're M and M's. <laughs> but I liked even I like it's not better than a Ford, but I liked it every bit as much as live transmission. So I'm going to go another four point zero zero. All right. You're going to be surprised about mine. I, you know, when, when I get beers that are kind of that 
they're in no man's land. I thought it was a little sweet, you know, with the, like, maybe like you said, maybe if it was a really hot summer day, I would have a, a whole different perspective on this one. But I, I found it not quite wine cooler-ish, still a beer, but a little too sweet. Um, I actually enjoyed the first one a little bit more. So I gave this one a 3.80. All right. Now, I, I respect your rating. I'm not going to try to sway you from your rating. But when I said it was 95 degrees in July and you, I, you could pound these more than you could the first one because they're more refreshing, you agreed with me. So actually, your rating, you actually disagree with me on the, the lawnmower, the, the lawn cutting. No, I actually agreed with you. Because in my explanation, I said, if it were actually 95 degrees but and it were too, hotter. But if, it's, but if it's too sweet, how could you drink this when it's hot? Because that's more of a, that's more of a refreshing type of a taste. No, see, like, okay. Like when it's hot, like when it's hot, you don't drink, when it's hot, you don't drink it like a porter and a, you know, like a, a really, a, a 30 weight stout. Because no, it's just. It, but, no, but when it's hot though, you don't drink sweet shit either. No, yeah, you do like Coca-Cola, you know, like. This is bad for business, but see, I think that's, I I would never pound a Coca-Cola when I'm fucking hot and sweating. That's really craziness. Really? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's what our commercials are based on and everything. But it, it just, to me, it's just ass night. It's like, really? You're going to, oh, I just ran up and down the court with Shaquille O'Neal for 17 straight hours. Oh, I'm going to drink a sugary Coke. That makes no sense at all. It makes absolutely no sense at all. I think mostly, mostly because it's on, usually you put those on ice and it's cold. Like really, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. no, I, yeah, we got a, we're, we're, we're at different ends of the spectrum on that one. Anyway, where do we fall in line with the, uh, on tap crowd? So let me check here. Um, 3.61 with a whopping, whopping 625 check-ins. Wow. No, that's 625. That, 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 um, typically, we're just under untapped. And we've been over by almost three-tenths of a point tonight. Right. Oh, well, as the French would say, say la vie. Yeah. You or merde. <laughs> Do you know what say la vie means? That's the only French saying I know. Other than we, oui, we oui is yet, and say yeah. la vie. Such is life. Thank no. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, Mike. And I guess we move on to our third tasting. It's from Oddside Brewing, or Oddside Ales, excuse me, from Grand Haven, Michigan. It's called Dipped. And there's no fancy pros or any kind of a you know motivating slogan or something like that it's just got a chocolate dipped pretzel on the cover so you can go ahead. you i was gonna say you can go ahead and cough it's okay <laughs> when, we get, when we get fucking rich and famous we'll have a cough button i apologize to the listeners i had shit coming out of my nose and everything because i was just because i i kind of chuckled i thought you were gonna start throwing up I chuckled to myself and it got all out of whack because it was like, yeah, this definitely is the loser of the three 
cans and bottles logo. I mean, they, they put hardly any effort into it at all. But so, yeah, hey, when we're rich and famous and we become a big time uh, production, there will yeah. be a cough button and yeah. nobody will have ever heard that sneeze slash cough slash <laughs> Anyway, I, I, I'm sorry, Dave. Proceed, kind sir. <laughs> it's a, uh, it is a cocoa natural pretzel flavored stout. Uh, with sea salt. I guess that's important to tell people that it's sea salt as opposed to regular table salt because, you know, because most of us beer connoisseurs will definitely know the difference between sea salt and your, uh, you know, your standard salt. So anyway, uh, we're coming in at 8.4% alcohol and the infamous NA IBUs. Our only bottle of the night too, Dave. And our only bottle of the night. So the old red stripe bottle opener. And as expected, the darkest of the night. Not quite a 30 weight pour, but it's pretty thick. No, but a, a wonderful pour. Uh, I got a beer, I got a beer commercial pour. Yep. I, you know, as did I. All right, ready? Yes, sir. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Hmm. Very rich. It is. Um, I don't know what to think of it yet. No comment. Yeah, no comment yet. Um, I get no pretzel taste out of it, but zero. Um, but hey, not yet. Anyway, nope, could still yet. have some of the IPA. You know, I didn't really. Um, uh, what do you call it? Clean my palate. So, uh, all right, Masters. Yeah, and typically you would lead with the Masters, but since the Masters is normally in April and they pushed it to November, we would have normally done it in segment one, but we pushed it to segment three. Right. A little, little quid pro quo, if you will. Sure, kind of like calling all three of your timeouts after uh, the other coach calls his one timeout with 30 seconds left in the game. Exactly. So um, D Dustin Johnson just uh, – he didn't lead wire to wire, but darn close and um, set a scoring record to boot. So uh, this guy is – this guy's a stud. The only difference between, you know, what he did and kind of what – I mean, Tiger's, Tiger's Masters win, his first Masters win was still ridiculously impressive how badly he, you know, beat the field. But uh, Dustin Johnson was absolutely in control 100% from, from the beginning of round two all the way through the end. And it was just a matter of who was going to take second. And who did take second, Dave? Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see if I can try to pronounce his name. Um, good grief. Come on, Dave. 
Anyway, well, you're looking that up because that's what I was all set to watch it. Being in quarantine and all, I was all set to watch it. Yeah. Started watching it. You know, the first day, obviously, I was a little disappointed because I was up rare and ready to go. And then the weather pushed it back and then didn't get to it, didn't get back to it in the first day. Second day, I was like, all right, well, I'll get up. I'll do this, this, and this. And then, you know, it's an early start, so I'll watch some golf. So I did watch some of it Friday. Saturday, I get up, and I look, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Dustin Johnson's up by, like, 662 strokes. It's like <laughs> – <laughs> oh well well yeah i mean i'm not that big i'll i a i don't golf b i'm not a golf fan but i will watch majors and Ryder cup if it's competitive right and then when you know dustin johnson i think he came in he was up coming into today he was up five strokes wasn't he you know, I, so, yeah, I believe so. I'm like, trying to. I lost well, my page when I was had the leaderboard up here, but I'm getting it back right now. So anyway, I'm like, you know, well, and it, you know, as a non-golfer, non-golf fan, it's like, all right, well, this isn't even close. And um, I thought the highlight of the tournament was, I believe, Tiger Woods took his first double-digit score. As a professional, a double digit score on a hole. On a hole, yeah, 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 yep. He, he took a ten, <laughs> and then the other one. The, 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 and again, I'm not a golfer, not a golf fan, and by no means a golf expert. But I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, college basketball, where, like. You know, Duke goes. Let, let's say number one Duke goes into what's another uh, Florida State. Let's say Florida State's just over five hundred, and Florida State's kind of taking it to them. Four minutes left in the game. Florida State's up eighty three seventy one, and all of a sudden the student body starts chanting, "Overrated, overrated." Oh, anyway, you get the right. picture. Um. Bryson DeChambeau, I mean, what, what he's, does he got Ron Jeremy Cock or what, what, what is the infatuation with this guy? I he's mean, been playing he's great. Got, oh, fuck, he's been playing great. He fucking choked on a Ron Jeremy dick today. Or this no. week, Christ, he was 46 over par after one hole. <laughs> this guy has hey. got to be the most overrated son of a bitch on the planet. He had been playing really well, winning lots of money. He's he won a tournament coming into it. I was yeah, watching. So he, so he I was out, he watching. Went with you and your body, and he took a couple hundred dollars off you because nope. you didn't impress Listen, me. Listen, Mike, yeah. I'm if, using a 48 inch driver, the biggest driver that the club allows. Because I'm a man, <laughs> and you fucking your ten over par after a hole. You're a loser. If if I knew, if I thought you knew what you were talking about, I'd be really upset right now. So I'm not upset. But um, I know what I'm talking about. He did, he he's the big all end all, and he didn't do shit this weekend. On the second day, number two, Bryson hits a drive and nearly drives the green. Everybody, including myself, the announcers, everybody saw where the ball landed. About shit, 
20, 10 to 20 yards, somewhere in between there, let's say 15 yards off of the fairway, into the rough, not even in the trees. He must have had, for the three minutes that he gets to look for his ball, he must have had 10 people walking around in a, in a shit, like a 25-square-foot area. Nobody found his ball. So he had to get in a cart, drive back to the tee, hit another one. He hit it in the same damn spot. They found that one. Um, I mean, on a, in a normal – you know, normal day, that ball must have plugged two feet below the ground for nobody to be able to find it. So he ends up taking a triple bogey on that one. Did the same damn thing on another hole. Like, he didn't hit it off the planet. He didn't hit it into, like, a, a, a big group of trees or a bunch of bushes. Wait a, wait, wait a second. Are you agreeing with me or disagreeing with me? No, I'm disagreeing with you. That guy had so much. I a ball that I could never find again. I mean, that, I could do that. I'm just saying that guy had some really bad luck. Now, would he have? Did he play well enough to? Did he play well enough to win? Did he play well enough to win? No. But did he play that bad? Did his did his score represent how he actually played? No, because you know, as an example, on the third day, number two, I mean, that was some BS. I mean, there's there were days, there were times when you have, you know, there, there's just there's no way that ball gets lost. If I, I, I can't even explain. It's the Bermuda Triangle then. The Bermuda Triangle came up to Augusta, Georgia, and sat itself on uh, two holes. So, I, I mean, I don't know. He, oh, and all I can say, I'm going to give you, if you you're Bryson DeChambeau, and I'm John Taffer. And, <laughs> and John, as John Taffer would say, is, I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau had no solutions today. The one guy that I was disappointed in, because my man is John Rom. John Rom's a badass. And John Rom, <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird because he he's a golfer I like to watch because I think he's a, a badass compared to DeChambeau and all those other guys. The very second I turned it on, he hits a drive, or it wasn't a drive, it was in the middle of the, the fairway. This fucking thing never got three feet off the ground. And it hit, and he never got it over the hill, and it hit the hill and kind of bounced to the right. And then his next shot, he hit the tree, and it went out of bounds. And then he had to take a penalty. And then he, you know, and that was the beginning of his end. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, I just don't, um, we spent a lot more time on the Masters than I thought we were going to. But I just, obviously the guy's good. I'm not saying, that if I say the guy's no good, then I'm the idiot. I'm just saying. Well, you said he, he was a loser. A lot of, he, he is a loser because he comes with <laughs> a lot of hot air. And he's the same guy that yelled at the cameraman, like, get out of here. I'm trying to golf. It's like, fuck you. Shut up. And then it's like, hey, I'm I'm debating on using a 48-inch driver. That's the biggest driver we can use here in the fucking PGA. And then he's out but he's out of contention on the first day. And it's like, come on. You know, you know don't you – Walk the walk and, you know, shut up. You're a loser. Just because you, just because you roided up and, yes, he did roid up, he didn't fucking get that way naturally because he wasn't that big. And all of a sudden, he hulked up. He right. roided up. It ain't no big deal. Anyway. So, hey. I thought know, I would think you'd be in favor of that. Huh? I think well, you. I, th I like the fact that he's a bigger guy, but he's just like everybody's like all in on him. And it's like I, don't, I just don't see it. 
Right. Right. All right. So, college football. Yeah, college football. Six games, including top 25 teams, were either postponed or canceled. Wow. Um, Notre Dame had no fucking hangover. They won their game. They Everybody was thinking, you know, because the last time they beat a number one, they went to Boston College and got beat. Not yep. today. No. Nope. And then, um, oddly enough, of the top 25, only one top 25 team, SMU, lost this week. Right. Now, admittedly, six of them got postponed or canceled, but. Yeah. And the, uh, <laughs> The, the discourse in the, the normal discourse, the, the discourse from the normal Big Ten continued with uh, Michigan State and U of M getting throttled. Um, let's see, uh, Northwestern and Indiana just showing how, how it's not a fluke, how good they are. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Ohio State and Fields, you know, just keeps rolling. So that, that kept going. But, um, but yeah, well, Ohio State was one of the games that was canceled, and uh, Northwestern did beat Purdue. Who does? Who who whipped State? Indiana. Oh, Wisconsin whipped Michigan. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the and the games almost mirrored themselves, where Lombardi from Michigan State comes out and throws a pick and just plays so bad that you know, just a couple days earlier when asked. Uh, Mel Tucker, you know, said, nope, Lombardi's our guy. We're going with Lombardi, you know, duh, 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 and he gets benched. It may have been before halftime. I can't remember at this point. I wasn't paying attention really a whole lot at that juncture. But um, And then uh, U of M comes out, and Milton, in the first two series, throws two picks. And they were yeah. back. I mean, the first one was in traffic, you know, guys double-covered. And the next one, the linebacker's just watching his eyes, just floating. Uh, and as soon as he brought his arm back to throw, linebacker steps in. You know, Milton hits the linebacker right in the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's – I can't believe – I mean, I, I know the guy, he was a wrestler. He, I think he ran track. He uh, played baseball. He's a football player. You know, I'm not saying that – the kid's not a good athlete, but Rocky Lombardi looks to me like he would be a, a good Saginaw Valley quarterback. Maybe he's not. Yeah, a big, he's, he's not a Big Ten quarterback. He's he is super. He's in. A, he's a great practice quarterback, as from what I understand. But he is in his head big time right now. He can't. Well, he's not good enough to play at the Big Ten level. Like I said, I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's a great athlete. And, sure. You know, you know, going back to our uh, talking segment one, I mean, he's like Philip Rivers and Frank Gore. I mean, I'm not going to dismiss him. He's playing. He's probably got a full ride to Michigan State. I mean, hey, hats off to you, Rocky. Read him and weep, bro. I mean, go for it. But I mean, he, he I don't know. I just yeah. that was just weird. And then uh. The other uh, take on uh, Saturday's college football was Marshall got a win on the 50th anniversary of the uh, plane crash on November 14, 1970, that killed 37 players and eight members of the coaching staff, including Rick Talley. So that was a yeah. big emotional win, and they usually uh, go out to the site before the start of every season, but they had to delay it till 
just recently because of the COVID restrictions and shit. So that was cool that uh, Marshall got a win on the 50th anniversary of that plane crash. Now, yeah, very cool. What I would like to research a little bit or have one of our uh, listeners text me the whys, what's, however, 37 players died in that plane crash. Obviously, Marshall's football team had more than 37. So did they have two flights, or why were only 37 players on that plane? Or were, I can't was that, remember. Or, or, or was the team that small that that's all they had? I mean, because Marshall – wasn't that would that would be something to fact check. I can't remember. So yeah, you know. So, and then uh, the Heisman Trophy award will be virtually awarded on January fifth, and the finals are announced on Christmas Eve. All right, that's good news. And before we get into baseball, Dave, I, I'm going to say you fucking bamboozled me. How's that? Tuesday night. You know, you offered me a bet. Oh, knowing yeah. Full, knowing full well that whatever I bet <laughs> was going to be a loser. And we went on a little action action on Tuesday, and it was Miami-Buffalo, correct? Yep. And you told me to go ahead and pick, knowing full well that whoever I picked was going to be the loser. And I looked, <laughs> I looked at the game, and Miami opened a 12-point dog. And it closed a seven-point dog. And I'm like, well, the betting public is betting Miami fucking heavy. I'll take Miami. For our uh, pod staple dollar bet. And Buffalo went on to win, what was it, 42 to 7 or 42 to 10, something like that? Something like that. They've got a running back that will end up in the NFL, I think. Buffalo does. Yeah. But it's just amazing how I, no, no matter how I, I could, I can give advice that get in there, Rex. Touchdown, Rex Burkhead. Um, begging and pleading for every fantasy point I can get when Rex Burkhead is one of my leading scorers. You know, my team sucks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I can give advice, and my advice usually pans out, but then when my own hard-earned money's at, at stake, I usually get it shoved right up the old hoop. <laughs> and all right, but anyway, before we go to this week's random question and close out episode 48, baseball awards and notes, hence the fact that I gave – Ted Williams and Carl Yastrzemski as my AL MVP award winners on this day in sports. Uh, first baseman, Freddie Freeman in the National League for the Braves and Jose Abreu of the, Amer in, uh, the White Sox in the American League were named the MVPs this year. And Trevor Bauer was the NL Cy Young Award winner and Shane Bieber was the AL Cy Young Award winner, which oddly enough, Trevor Bauer played in Cleveland. So, you know, the, the tribe actually had a couple Cy Young Award winners yeah, there. pretty cool. And then the most important baseball note of the week, the Red Sox hot rehire Alex Cora. And welcome back, Alex. For those who say you cheated, 
fuck them. You're not cheating. You're not trying hard enough. Welcome <laughs> you back into the fold. And he says he's got to redeem himself. He's embarrassed by the sign sealing scandal that the led to his suspension. So all is forgiven. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I think um, Cameron Smith was second. Uh, oh, in the Masters? In the Masters. A little, little sound effects there. <clears throat> how, far about, how far behind was he? He was he was five strokes. Yep, five strokes behind. That's Along what, it usually, that's what it usually takes me is about five strokes. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's who I thought took second. It was uh, and I. There you go. Some more sound effects. Um. Sung J M. I think I pronounced it right. Oh. From Korea. So he tied for second, five strokes back as well. Minus right. 15. And then Justin Thomas was uh minus 12. Tell you what, Justin Thomas, that dude is making a ton of money. He's a top tenor. Doesn't win a whole lot. He wins some, obviously. Um but, uh, man, he's always in top 10, top 20. So, anyway, baseball, we're at a random question. You ready, Mike? Yes, sir. Bring it. If you were to coach an Olympic sport, which one would it be and why? This one might take a while, and based on the look on your face, I probably should have asked you at the beginning of the pod so you had at least a little bit of time oh. to think about it. Um, well, if Curling. I'm going to coach an Olympic event, badminton, I am going to coach baseball. Okay. Um, because football is not an Olympic event. Don't know how to wrestle. Um, you know, so it's the one sport. Synchronized swimming? No, nope. don't know anything about it. So I'm going to stick with baseball. And um, equestrian? I, no, I think I can bring my team to the precipice of winning the fucking gold because I know the I've played it, not at a very high level, and nor was I very good at it, but. I know the game. Don't sell yourself short, Mike. You're a tremendous slouch. I can, uh, I can uh, lead by – so, yeah, it would, be the, it would be baseball. I mean, because – only because football is not an Olympic sport. And hockey, I can't skate. So, I mean, it looks bad when your coach can't even fucking skate, which is number one priority. <laughs> so, I will say I will coach the baseball team. I'll manage the fuck out of it, motivate the fuck out of it, and we're going to be in the gold medal game with Cuba. And we'll see what happens. Cuba or one of those Asian teams 
and we'll see where we where we end up. But I'm going to go baseball and okay. worst case scenario, silver medal. Random question, uh, uh, you know, sub sub question B. So, how would you motivate your baseball players since you can't headbutt them? Well, A, who said I couldn't headbutt them? And B, I, I will just, I, I would, because the Olympic is about your country. And there would be a lot of meetings that there would be no cameras allowed. It would be like everybody thinks, and there, there would be some, there definitely would be some insensitive statements made towards my competition to motivate my team and let them know that, Hey, you know, nobody is going to, nobody's better than you. Yada, yada, yada. Do not. And there would be a lot of. Right. It it would not go over well, especially if somebody was, (laughs) if somebody was taping it on their iPhone and got it out, I'd probably be fired before the gold medal game. But God damn it, the, the other, the majority of those players would fucking go find out who ratted me out and have my. <laughs> I guarantee you that. But that's the way I would I would go about it. I was like, hey, you know, nobody expects you to win. You're fucking loser Americans. We're here in a, um, some place in the death door of Russia. Nobody wants you to win. Nobody expects you to win. You're lousy Americans. These motherfuckers can't. And and I'd lay it on thick that way. And we would. And I would get my guys drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> All right. I would. I would be the Jim Jones of Olympic baseball coaches. Nice. I guess if I had my druthers, I would. I would coach track, and that's kind of a boring answer. But my second. My second vote would probably be badminton. I'm a hell of a badminton player, Mike. I don't know if you knew that or not. Is badminton an Olympic sport, though? Are you kidding me? It's been an Olympic sport way longer than baseball. Oh. Oh, yeah. I I must be too busy. I must be too busy watching the grass grow or something. Well, yeah, well, it's on at like 3.45 a.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, during the Olympic, you know, coverage. So, so what, quali- what qualifies you to coach badminton? I'm just that good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've never, I've never lost a match. I've never lost a badminton match uh, uh, in against a middle schooler or a high schooler. Are you a better badminton guy or track guy, though? Uh, uh if you were to ask me that. Today, I'm a better badminton person than a track person, but if you were to ask me that in my late 20s, early 30s, I was probably still a better track person than badminton person. All right. Now, side note, other than pole vault, your life is on the line, and you've got your pick of the best American athlete. Right. In all the track and field events, and right. your life is on the line to get them the golden medal. Gold medal. What yeah. event are you coaching that particular athlete? If they say you can't do pole vault, um, high jump. 
and loyal listener Trent Fowler and the Hart brothers. I mean, they'll they'll all attest to that. They'll all attest to everything I'm saying. They'll they'll verify it. All right. Now the, the high jump is the. That's where you run, you run up, and you do the Fosbury flop. Yeah. Yeah. But would pole now? If I wouldn't have taken, would the high jump still be your, or would you do pole vault if I would have let you do pole vault? Now, see, I think you're thinking I was a pole vaulter, but I wasn't. I mean, I can pole vault, but my my event was high jump. Oh well. But so, if you were to take high jump out of there, what would I coach? Uh, any any of the sprints up to. Well, why do you push your son so much at the pole vault that if that wasn't your event? I just assumed oh, he, that was your event. He picked it. He he took it on. That was his choice, not mine. He just right, took it so on. I take that, so I take it back then. Let, let, yeah. Delete that. Er, add it, add it, add it, add it. All right. <laughs> Other than the high jump, what track <laughs> – what track event are you coaching? Um, anywhere from the the hundred meter dash to uh, the four hundred. Any of those? I know enough in all the rest of them to be dangerous, but you know I can anybody that's got some talent, I could coach them in those events. And what would be the more prestigious gold medal, the one hundred meter or the four hundred meter? Oh, the uh, hundred. They're pretty prestigious, but the 100, I think, is the one that's, you know, especially with Usain Bolt over the last, you know, decade and a half or two decades. Um, it's always been the, you know, the, 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 the marquee of track oh, yeah. and field. Oh. Yeah. All right. So you want to rate this? Uh, actually, before we rate it, I got a couple of uh, watches for our listeners. Oh, okay. And number one, uh, documentary, Netflix, Trial 4. It just, based on a true story, somebody wrongfully committed in 1993 in the process that went along with it, and it's very well done. Um, I want to say six to eight episodes, 45 minutes to an hour each episode. Um, very interesting. Um, the way it ended is kind of a little disappointing, yeah. but hey, it's real life and you can't always change real life. I mean, real life always doesn't have the fairy tale ending. Right. That was one. And then the second one is. Um, not even I'm not even done with them through the first three episodes. Almost want to take up chess because of it. No, <laughs> have no idea how to play chess. It's called the Queen's Gambit. I, and, I saw the ad for that. Oh fuck! It's I watched three fucking episodes, Dave, and it's fucking amazing. Can't really say it's a chick flick, but it's a borderline chick flick. But it's very interesting in. I have no fucking idea what they're talking about when they're talking about <laughs> this move, that move, the you know, the the the, the bishop six to queen seven or whatever. I have no fucking idea because I'm not smart enough to play chess. But it's very, it's a very interesting watch. It's I think it's another eight episode deal. 
and I'm through the first three episodes, and it's a it's a wonderful watch. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I very much like and recommend the Queen's Gambit. And cool. Hey, yeah, I would have never expected that, but that's well, awesome. I, I I would never ex- I would never expect it either. But uh, sometime listener Nate Meisel, he mentioned it, and he says, "Hey, it's like it's about a girl who likes to drink, play chess, and fuck." And I'm like, hey, that, that's the series for me. I'm in. <laughs> All right. You ready to rate this? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going first. Yes, sir. Um, I like it. It's, a, it. it's okay. It's good. It's got some flavor to it. I'm, it does not have the flavor flavor like some of our like um s'mores stouts some of those kind of flavored stouts in that in that genre so i'm gonna put it at a three point three point six five all right well you liked it a little better than i did i didn't dislike it but like you said, a little bit bland compared to what we've been drinking. And I'm going to go to the old triple three, 3.33. You did that just for fun. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And uh, so let's look up the untapped rating. And we're looking at 3.50 with an astounding 392 check-ins. So I don't know if that's a good sample size or not. Probably not. Um, I think once you get to like a thousand, that would probably be my, you know, start to get into a decent sample size. And maybe what we should do is get off our lazy ass and put our own check-ins in, but I don't think we ever check in on the add to the odd tap check-in. So you used to. You used to. Yeah, we I used to, but yeah, shame on us and right. Fuck. So um well what else you got, Dave? I mean, hey, um little, little gauntlet challenge out to our uh our friends at Don't Forget the Popcorn who have been stuck on episode 59 for since October 14th. And I threw a little gauntlet out there on Twitter that says Vegas has just released odds that flights, football, and anything else will catch them in total episodes by Valentine's Day. And they released the odds at four to one. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, I'm just trying to throw a little motivation out there to our friends at uh, Don't Forget the Popcorn and Dave and Wes. Come on, buddies. I mean, you you, you rated the movie. You, you had a 1999 movie rating on October 14th for episode 59. We're looking forward to episode 60. And, you know, with, you know, uh, the uh, czar of Michigan, uh, Whitmer, locking everybody down you know until the 27th 28th century i'm kind of doubting that um you guys can keep up with flights football and anything else machine so especially since now people need something to listen to 
Yeah, exactly. We're all stuck at home. I know. Hey, Dave and I, this is our third straight 48, 47 to 46 have been Zoom meetings. Zoom meetings are nowhere near as fun. I fucking get it. Absolutely no questions asked. It's not as fun. But the listeners want content, guys. The listeners rule. Dave, Wes, we need episode 60. Bring me in as a host. We'll dissect the movie Breakfast Club. Vodka? When do you drink vodka? Whenever. Come on, Dave. Let's go. Bring me on the show. Get yourself up and running because now, now with another three-week lockdown, fuck, episode 60 is another year off. Let's go. Flight, uh, don't forget the popcorn. Let's get off your ass and let's go. I tell you what, Mike and I, Mike and I have designs right now. You know, it's like the, uh, you know, the commentators on uh, on any of the college or you know the the major networks, uh, college or pro football commentators have a way to kind of separate and 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 get that uh, get that social distancing going. So Mike and I have designs in the work, so we can, you know, do something in the garage with some with some separation. Uh, that and uh, some Amazon orders with some longer cords. Uh, we're going to make this thing happen so we can get back together and, and get this on a microphone instead of two computers. Exactly. So, hey, a little challenge out there to our friends at uh, the uh, MidMichigan Podcasting Network. Don't forget the popcorn. Uh, you guys are much more high-fluting professional pod than we are, but Fuck it, I'll throw the gauntlet down to you. And uh, fuck, unfortunately, I look down to the bottom of my glass. I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.